This podcast is brought to you by Voice of Vets. Voice of Vets. Hear it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Greetings, salutations, and welcome to another installment of the SA Radio Award-winning show you and I know as The COVID Report, the show where I provide you with comprehensive coverage of the coronavirus pandemic. I am your host, Ukamilehe Wapovana, here to give you the show that gives you all of the facts, all of the stats, all of the figures, and none of the misinformation as it pertains to all things COVID-19. On this edition of the show, it will be an extension somewhat to the show we had this time last week in the interest of keeping the conversation going with regards to the vaccination rollout. We will be hearing from uh, the lovely people from Pfizer South Africa and uh, to hear what they have to say about uh, the recent trials that were conducted for children aged between the ages of 12 and 17 in order for them to be eligible to receive the COVID-19 vaccine. Now earlier this month a virtual briefing was held on uh, COVID-19 and the vaccination rollout program, government efforts in the fight against COVID-19 as well as uh, the status of the vaccination rollout from the Minister of Health, Joe Parker. Uh, The minister further stated that children from the ages of 12 to 17 may now get one dose of the Pfizer vaccines. And we have a little bit of audio for you from that briefing so we can hear for yourself what the Minister of Health had to say. We believe that this will come handy as schools start their examinations on some of them already advanced towards concluding their academic year and are starting to prepare for the next academic year of 2022. The Pfizer vaccine, which has been approved by SAPRA for this age group, will be used for the purpose of this vaccination of the young people 12 to 17. The Vaccine Serial Advisory Committee advised that for now, we should only give one dose of Pfizer while assessing information Now, joining us um, on the show as a guest to help us further unpack this discussion, it is my absolute pleasure to welcome the medical director at uh, Pfizer South Africa, Dr. Bandungane Chakula, joining us as a guest here on the COVID report to further unpack all of the details surrounding children being eligible to receive one dose of the Pfizer vaccine at this stage of our continued fight against COVID-19. Doctor, thank you so much for joining us and uh, welcome to the COVID report. Good evening and good evening to your listeners. Thank you so much. It is an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Now, um, as we heard, Pfizer has uh, started conducting uh, vaccine trials on uh, children aged between the ages of 12 and 17 in South Africa. Can you talk us through where things stand as far as those those vaccine trials are concerned? And if not, can you also tell us more about the global trials uh, data that has been collected from children of that same age group in other parts of the world? Okay, thanks for the question. I'll just maybe start by giving an update on the COVID vaccines that we are currently having in South Africa. Uh, so we have uh, the vaccine studies that are including the older age group, right? 18 upwards and uh, maternal studies as well for pregnant women. And we do not have any ongoing studies for the age group of um, 12 to, to 15 years in South Africa. However, we do have global trials that have been conducted and are still in conduction for these age groups of 12 to 15 years old, adolescents. And what is good to share with you today is that enrolled over 2,000 adolescents across the globe, 100% efficacy and robust antibody responses 
have been, you know, observed in this age group, which is really assuring because I think it's keeping with the adult vaccination studies where efficacy and safety was observed as well. Remember the 95% efficacy that was observed in the, in, in the older age groups. And it's really continuing to show the similar trends even for the younger age groups. And that is 12 to 15 years of age. Thank you very much for that. Now, could you also talk us through the, for in the interest of further informing and further enlightening those who might not be aware of these particular nitty-gritty details as it pertains to mm-hmm. what the Pfizer vaccine is composed of and what will essentially be entering the bodies of these young children aged between the ages of uh, 12 and 17. What is the composition of the Pfizer vaccine? And in relation to myocarditis, which has been identified as one of the rare effects of the Pfizer vaccine on youngsters. If this has already been identified and documented as an issue, can you talk us through the decision to continue with trials for youngsters in the face of this issue being identified? Okay. Myocarditis, I think as rightly you have alluded to that it's one of the rare effects that has been observed in the younger age groups, right? And just maybe for the interest of of, of the public, just to explain what myocarditis is, it's an inflammation of the heart muscle, right? And and that inflammation of the heart muscle can be from various things, right? Including viral infections um, uh, causing this. So the the, the myocarditis that has been observed uh, within the younger age groups uh, after receiving the the vaccine, as I've said, that it's quite a rare occurrence um, that has been reported. And um, the good thing about that is that it's, it's self-limiting in the, in the individual's way it was observed. And it, it really didn't guarantee hospitalization for these cases, right? Um, so yes, it would be observed for a few days and it would be self-limiting without the individuals even needing higher care or intervention at a hospital level. And I think just to drill again that it's one of the rare cases um, that has been observed. So coming to your point around the clinical trials, always a benefit-risk assessment is made. And and in in this case, um, even with the rare cases of of myocarditis, the the benefits outweigh the risk. So by by you omitting the the, the vaccine and, and, um, you know, um, um, and... be having a fear that the myocarditis might might uh, uh, develop. If you look at the COVID-related myocarditis, um, that is even on, on a worse case, if I can put it like that. Are there any notable differences in the side effects of vaccination between the adults that have seemingly beat the children to the queue of uh, A, being allowed to participate in trials for the vaccine and receiving the vaccines themselves? And furthermore, could you also unpack any potential side effects that children between these ages of 12 to 17 might experience after uh, receiving their documented one dose of the Pfizer vaccine? So the vaccine was um, well tolerated uh, across all age groups and, and the side effects generally were consistent amongst these age groups, right? So there is no, like, with children, we get worse of fever or we get worse of headache or we get worse of uh, pain at the injection site type of thing. They, they were quite consistent, the, the, the side effects across all, all age groups. And I think what to, to allude to with the side effects is that the side effects are, are very minor, right? And they are, and they are also self-limiting, 
Okay, so they resolve within seven days usually, and uh, they don't require you know any further medication really or become worse. So within the seven days, side effects most of them are self-limiting, and like any other medication, remember it's not only the vaccines that have side effects. But I think I'll, I'll drill again into the benefit risk profile of any medication that is really analyzed before or, or de- being decided to be carried on to be given to the individuals. So at no point will the medication which is causing harm continue to be given to the public if the risk overweigh the benefits. Thank you very much for that. Now, according to the CEO of Pfizer, Albert Bola, he mentioned that we might need boosters every year to reduce the risks of getting COVID-19. Now, to my understanding, in a nutshell, he's saying that the COVID-19 will be treated the same way as the influenza virus. Does this mean that the ingredients of the vaccine will have to change to accommodate new variants of the COVID-19 virus that come our way? The topic of the boosters, it's something that it's still being looked at. And I would like to share with the public that we, we're really following the WHO advice and recommendations. And we have recently seen last week the recommendation that they had you know, uh, provided for the countries for the booster dose to be given to the individuals with weaker immune systems or immunocompromised individuals, right? And we really wait and see on the evolution as things change, as data comes in, and and, and just keep, you know, um, our, our ears and our minds open, right? And I think the primary thing for now is primary, you know, vaccination so that the head immunity of 67 to 70% is achieved by all countries that are affected by the COVID-19 virus. Now, RNA viruses have the ability to change a person's DNA. The human immunodeficiency virus, or HIV, is an example of this. As it relates to the Pfizer vaccine, would you say that it has the ability to also do as the virus that I refer to, the um, HIV virus, since it also contains mRNA in its strand? First and foremost, the statement, it's, it's, it's factually incorrect, right? So... There is no alteration of, 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 of your genetic material um, or your DNA that is caused by, um, you know, messenger RNA uh, vaccines. And maybe if I can just touch on the point how the, the messenger RNA vaccines platform work is that they deliver the message to your body cells that instructs the cells to generate the spike proteins. And the spike proteins on the surface of the virus initiate the infection in the human cells. And by instructing the cells to generate the spike proteins, it then generates the immune response, right? And that immune response neutralizes or inactivates the virus. So there is no way where, you know, um, there is alteration or, you know, interference with the genetic material or the nucleus of the cells uh, by the messenger RNAs. And I think it's one of the myths or the misinformation really that, um, you know, requires unpacking and making sure that the, the, the public understands how the messenger RNA you know, platforms or vaccines uh, work.
I think that serves as a great segue to my next question because there's been a lot of conjecture around the varying degrees of the severity of the side effects associated with the vaccines that are at our disposal for us to use to further protect ourselves from this virus. Have you encountered any severe instances of of side effects that go above and beyond the threshold that you have identified that does not represent the vaccine as a threat to human life and and and, and doesn't also affect the 95% efficacy that has already been reported as far as how effective this vaccine is against COVID-19? The side effect monitoring or adverse event monitoring uh, remains uh, one of the critical things that is being, you know, monitored and monitored across, right? So regulatory authorities in country and above country, and also, you know, as we have the national rollout, also our national department of health have got a system where all the side effects are uploaded or reported to, and there's analysis, ongoing analysis of these side effects side effects that are reported, right? So I, I think the side effects, side effect monitoring, it's very tight. And I what I can commend is the ongoing updates that comes from SAPRA, you know, our regulatory authorities on what has been reported, on what, you know, um, um, has been coming through their portal so that the public, you know, see that there's nothing hidden. So I think transparency has been one of the key things that has been maintained for the public and and also with the media so that people can feel comfortable and trust and have trust in the different vaccines that are being rolled out. All right. And to round out our discussion, I would like to get your insight on this matter. There's been a story circulating that Pfizer has started a new clinical trial which involves the use of a COVID-19 treatment pill. And if this trial is successful, Pfizer will file for an emergency approval between October and December of this year. Can you talk can you tell us a bit more about this pill and how different the pill will be from the vaccine and whether or not anyone who who maybe uses this pill should expect more side effects or expect a change in the ingredients. And if the trial is indeed successful, would people need prescriptions to access the COVID-19 treatment pill or will it be an over-the-counter pill? At at this point in time, I cannot share much around the the question that you've just asked around the the, the pill that is under investigation. It's still in the first phases, right? And we know that there are different phases of clinical trials and there is a time where we can be able to communicate uh, to the public, you know, um, um, around the design and, 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 and the, you know, mode of action and how the pill will be taken. But at this point in time, unfortunately, I cannot share with you much. We'll absolutely uh, respect that and uh, we'll wait until such a time that you can um, further unpack that matter as it pertains to the COVID-19 treatment pill. We've just been joined by special guest Dr. Bandunga Nikakula, the medical director of uh, Pfizer South Africa, joining us on the COVID report to um, tell us more about the vaccine trials that were conducted on children ages 12 to 17 and um, where things stand as far as how effective the vaccine is for children to use 
being that they will be allowed to take one dose of the Pfizer vaccine. Doctor, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for the insight you've given us into this matter. And again, thank you so much for joining us on the COVID report. This podcast was brought to you by Voice of Vids. By Voice of Vids. To hear more of our shows, tune in to 88.1. Or streams via www.varfm.co.za.